Well, hello, howdy, and hey there, everybody. It is Ginger Minge, and I am back with the third episode of Workin' Girl, Local Queen, because local queens are nothing if not the original Workin' Girls. I'm here in beautiful Windy City, Chicago, with one of my new favorite people. This is Caramel DeVille. Hello! Or am I saying that? Is it Caramel or Caramel? It is Caramel Caramel, if you're nasty. And I am disgusting. <laughs> so you, you out there, take your pick when you're listening. Yeah. Um, we just finished a sold out, shoulder to shoulder, mask to mask, mask for mascara performance of Celine Dion. Celine At Roscoe's. Because looking at the two of us, I, I know. I, I am the premier bootleg Celine Dion you impersonator. Of I thought that I was. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Well, he, the real tea is Brooklyn Heights wasn't available. So they called us in. So they called us in. We're but here. We had a good time. It was a blast, honestly. That was the sure. most one I've had doing, like, a show of, well, I guess, ballads. That was, it was really amazing. Well, because Celine songs, yes, they're ballads, mm-hmm. but they're they're power, power ballads. ballads. She gives it. She gives she it. She gives it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With her fist. Most of the time. <laughs> so, you beautiful, gorgeous, stunning creature sitting next to me. I want you to just introduce yourself to our listeners with a, a quick little overview of Caramel DeVille. Yes. Well, hello, listeners. I'm the new bearded beauty of Queerstown here in Chicago, Caramel DeVille. Um, I moved up here mm, two and a half years ago from South Mississippi, the Biloxi <gasps> Gulfport area. Oh, my goodness. Yes, you may be familiar, a little Vegasy down there. And, um, yeah, I did as much as I could do drag-wise and career-wise. And me and my partner were like, it's time for a big city. And Chicago was it for us. We came up here and literally took over. Took a little break because of the world in flux last year. Well, you know, yeah. there was a little thing going on <laughs> called a pandemic. A pandemisha. But uh, we're back to normal now. Yeah, so just running and uh, taking over the city. Uh, one I won't say back to normal. No. Because I did have to borrow a mask from you, a shield <laughs> from you tonight. You were like, oh, this works fine for me. I yeah. said, yes, but you're not shaped like the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. <laughs> I put that thing on. It was like doing drag oh, in a fishbowl. Hello, my name is Ginger Ranger. Welcome to Roscoe's Tavern. <laughs> it was very that. We're just pull up if you want to supersize. Oh, yeah, we're back to a sense of normalcy, so it feels good to get back out there and work with like all the queens coming in the city like yourself. So I'm yeah. just honored and thankful. Well, my last gig before the pandemic actually made me stay at home for a while mm-hmm. was at Roscoe's. Yeah. I love Roscoe's. Always a good time. But I never got the chance to work with you. Mm-hmm. So when did you come to Chicago? Uh, it was 2018, March 2018. It was March 1st, exactly, when we moved March here. It just 1st. Everything, I just remember dates like that. And um, yeah, did you know, I was established in my drag. I was like five years into it. So I knew... Moving to a new city, you have to compete. You have to put your best heel forward, put your heel in all the doors, let them know you're here. And I didn't win all the competitions. I won a handful, but uh, <laughs> they saw I was here to compete and uh, with a smile and a few chin hairs. Well, <laughs> and like, if it. you can't put your heel through the door, you put it through their eye. And yes, I Like that. Single White Female. <laughs> you remember that movie? Single White Female. No, I do not. You do not. How I, old are there's you? There's a country song called Single White Female. Or, no. Single White Female. Well, there's a country song called Double White Diva, and that is my new album. It's available on all streaming platforms and the trunk of my car. Um, I am 30 years young, so that may be... You're 30. Uh I just turned 37. Oh, my God. You don't look a day over 22. Oh, I'm a size 22. Does that count? 
They matches. Yes. <laughs> There's math somewhere that works out. Yeah. So you obviously you're a bearded queen. Yes, ma'am. And you're also a queen of color. Yes, yes, yes. So yes. what was that like in Mississippi? Well, it was not received well at all at first because I, I if you're not familiar, the the structure for drag where I come from in the South is very pageant, very- Oh, honey, yes. Um, yeah, what am I talking about? You know. It's you what know. I was raised yes. on. Big hair, mm-hmm. big tits, big gowns. So yeah, I apply, I started there. And then when I was like, okay, I don't think this is me. I, I feel what they're all putting into this, but let me tweak it. Let me- let me do these things that you're saying, but apply it to how I want to do mm-hmm. my drag. And then um, when I, I was beardless for maybe a year and a half, and then something just changed in me. And I was like, I want to do more androgynous, masculine energy type of things with my drag. And so when I applied the beard, um, gave them a little prince, that's what helped people <gasps> understand Ooh. my bearded uh, journey. Oh, yeah, why so. couldn't we do a prince? Like You should have just done prince. <laughs> Baby on Celine. <laughs> yeah, why not? I'm sure they were friends. And Celine Dion show and Prince. <laughs> <laughs> she was a queen. Honestly, he was the prince. Honestly, and you could be a little bit of both. Hey, and I try to every time. Yeah, every time. well, you turned it, but I have to say, go. this bitch made us look bad. <laughs> no, I didn't. she went out there wearing a loofah for a coat. It was a loofah, and it, it was, was gorgeous. <laughs> with backup dancers, baby. Baby, baby, that's what I had to do. That's what I had to do when I when I got the opportunity to do things and like uh, really put my drag forward. I definitely said I wanted to collaborate with all the artists in the city, whether they mm-hmm. be dancers, burlesque entertainers, drag entertainers, and like bring that to a caramel performance. And I think since um, winning my Roscoe's Drag Race All Star competition, oh, you won All Stars. <laughs> mm, oh wait, mm. <laughs> I can't relate. No, I can't. <laughs> Well, hey, you know what? Consistency is key, and I have now Mama, lost three times. But uh, you're not a double all-star. You're a triple all-star. No, I'm a right? double all-star. Wait, two? Six? I, oh, forgive me. Yeah, yeah, you're yeah. Right, you're right, you're Season right. seven, all-stars two, and now all-stars mm-hmm. six. Although I wasn't really on all-stars two very long. So <laughs> you were in the long. ensemble for that? <laughs> exactly. I was the backup dancer. Mama. Mm-hmm. The backup dancer. I, I was the prince. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. So tell me what kind, like, uh, yes, the, the bearded drag. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. I love that. It's really, um, it's kind of taking over now. It is. You know, it, it, people are getting more, I don't want to say comfortable with it because it's not really about other people getting comfortable. They're, Fuck them. They're but. getting lazy, not shaving. That's what <laughs> <it is. laughs> What do you think that we saw like an influx of bearded queens oh, after quarantine? Mama, when I say like all these like pageant ladies and just natural giving feminine energy drag queens, when they come out with all these beards and mustaches, they're like, uh-uh. What are y'all doing? There's only room for like, there's room for all of us, but what is going on? Do not take my lane. Let me, let me stay in my lane, please. <laughs> well, but there is a thing. Now, I, I, when I first saw Bearded Drag, mm-hmm. I thought it was lazy. Okay. And then I'm going to tell you why. Because A, because I was raised with the whole Southern yep. pageant thing and you know they're very strict about, you got, girl, you got, mm-hmm. you got a little stubble mm-hmm. right here. It's like, that's my Velcro. It keeps my lipstick from Comes slipping. Right off. Um, but I also realized after I, I saw Lucy Stool. Yes, icon. Is an icon. And mm-hmm. I just, I love and adore. You actually remind me a lot. She's an inspiration for me. So yeah, I, I can tell. Really I can yeah. tell that that really like, has rubbed off on you. When I saw her, it made sense because I was like, oh, it's not being lazy. This is a part of her and the aesthetic. Mm-hmm. And I realized that the first couple bearded queens I saw, they were doing it for the wrong reasons. reasons. Yes, it yes, wasn't yes. an extension of their character. It was... I don't even think they were being lazy. I think they were just trying to be shocking. Yeah. And it was also at a time, you know, in 
in Orlando where, yes, we do, we are a big melting pot and we have a, a lot of different types of drag, but the bearded drag was something that nobody had really done at that point. Or touch bases on. Yeah, so it did feel um, like it was being done for the wrong reasons. But I think that that goes for any type of drag. Yeah. You can look at somebody and kind of sense their authenticity and what is kind of an extension of themselves okay. and not just a character. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I, I've really learned to love, not even learned to love, I've fallen in love with a lot of bearded queens because it really does, it just kind of completes the look. Ah, that makes me feel so good hearing that because that I feel like that's what any, not just drag artists, or drag artists in general, but bearded queens, I feel like, yes, we just want you to understand like it is just an extension of it. Yeah. It's just to make things a little more glamorous, a little more edgy and yeah. I feel like people view it as lazy because they don't understand it. Mm -hmm. They just they just need the understanding. And then once they see it done and they're like, oh, I get it. Yeah. Then they're like, I get it every time. Now, I, of course, being in Orlando, mm -hmm. um, Roxy Andrews' son, Axel. Ooh, that was, yeah, that just was, I was getting there. I was getting there. One of, well, he's one of my best friends. Of the world. I, I uh -huh. love Axel Andrews. He's amazing. He never considered himself a queen. Yes. He can, he's always considered himself a, a male, male identifying entertainer, entertainer. Uh -huh. but it, it just, it does something for me <laughs> when he has those giant snatched Andrew's it's eyes and the spikes in the hair and everything. And then he draws on that beard with the little swirls. He looks like the most androgynous, beautiful, um, uh, Jafar. Yes. Oh, yeah. My God. And he, it does like it really does it for me because he's a Jafar drag. There's right. also it's it's an extension of the art. It's not just there to mm -hmm. be there. And also, I I for me, I think it is refreshing to see a bearded entertainer in a cast of yeah what you would just traditionally expect from a drag show now. Because um, I feel like there is more than just what we were used to as the cookie cutter drag, just mm -hmm. looking the feminine part. Now there's there's so many ways you can go with it with just the costume, the hair, the makeup. I think people want to see that and they just want to see it done well. Yeah. So, oh, I agree with that. Mm -hmm. This old Southern gal has has been around the world <laughs> and I've gotten to see so many different types of drag. And I, I, I. And I fall, yeah, and I, <laughs> I, I, I. I have fallen in love with so many different, I'm going to tell you the one type that I'm like super it. into and the reason I'm really excited for Drag Race All or Drag Race UK season three yes. is this. Um, well, I, when I grew up, it, it was called Fem Drag or Bio Drag. Mm -hmm. Now it's the AFAB Queens. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I am so excited. Victoria Scone. Victoria Scone. Yes! I met her. I met her when I did a tour over in the UK, and and again fell in love. But to me, my definition of drag. When I first started, it was just to try to emulate the entertainers that mm -hmm. were successful, right, you know? Right. And then as I have come into my own, as I've gotten older and tried more things, I've realized that to me, drag is just a celebration of femininity. It really is. And I feel like anybody in the world can celebrate femininity. And girls, like I talked about on my last episode, Venus Envy, mm -hmm. who is from Orlando, and now Victoria Scone. I feel like these ladies, they take what what they already possess and they amp it up elevated to the yeah. nth degree and it, it's just so fascinating to watch and it's so pretty to me and like what you do and what lucy does it's just it's so pretty to me it is glamour thank you diva no thank you i i i just like that 
the drag, it, it's slowly happening, but the drag community is opening their eyes and their minds to all aspects of it. Slowly, yeah. but surely we're getting there. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like, you know, drag race has been good for the drag community and also it's been bad, bad for mm -hmm. the drag community because for a Fair. while on drag race, it was just, this is what drag is. Mm -hmm. It is one thing. And that's what was being celebrated. And there are a lot of fans of drag race who are not a fan of drag. drag. They don't, they think they are, but they don't really know what it until is. Until they see all of it. They're like, until oh. They're, and then they go, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. This is, this is also drag? <laughs> this is sensory overload. I can't deal with it. But then, of course, we had shows like Dragula come along. Yes. Which celebrated, like, the darker, grittier side of drag. Mm -hmm. We had Camp Wanakiki come along. Celebrate the campier. Just campy yes. and fun and, and just no drama, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and I think that it's really showing the world that there's a place for every type of entertainer. I get that, and I agree. I would yeah. agree with that. So when you moved from Mississippi to yes. Chicago, what was it like breaking into the scene? Um, honestly, I was going to wait maybe two weeks to a month because uh, I was like, let's get settled in. Let's get, mm -hmm. like, find the job and all that good stuff. And then my partner was like, nope, there's an open call or there's an open competition this weekend at Charlie's. <laughs> he said, you're going. <laughs> I've like, been to Charlie's. Yes, that's one of my home bars. I'm there every, actually, I've had the privilege of becoming like a, a queen who works at multiple bars. That wasn't a thing prior to uh, the uh, panorama and just having the, the privilege to represent so many bars and say, hey, come over here, come over here, come over here. It's a good time everywhere. Feels so good and just validating. I have seen that even in Orlando, mm -hmm. you know, before the pandemic, it was, nope, you work at Parliament House and you only work You're there. A you work at Southern Nights, you only work there. Mm -hmm. You work over here, you work over there, da, 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 da. And there was no overlapping. Yes. Unless it was, you know, girls like me who, not because of the drag race thing, mm -hmm. but because I was kind of grandfathered in. You yeah. Know? I've been, I started drag in Orlando. I've been there for, I've been doing it for 16 years. Ooh. So I just kind of like was allowed yeah. to go around. <laughs> but it was really sad that, you know, there were other girls that were like, well, I only get one night of bookings over here, but I'm not allowed to, to go, go over, over here. I have to drive two hours out of town to or, yeah. Um, but after the pandemic, it just changed. It felt like there was more of a sense of community. Com I was gonna say camaraderie, but yeah. And camaraderie. Yeah, same page. Yeah, absolutely. And I've, I've noticed that everywhere. I just talk about Orlando because it's my own personal Familiar. experience. But I'm glad to hear from you oh. that, that that is kind of, you know, the, the shift in the winds here say, in Chicago. With the, uh, all the things that have shifted in the past couple of years in the Chicago gay and drag community, I think we are coming out better and stronger. It feels just, mm -hmm. it feels, yes, everyone's doing their own thing, but we're all working together to make sure everyone's succeeding. Yeah. That's, then that's what feels really good about this city, honestly. That's why I always love coming to Roscoe's. Mm -hmm. Because I, and I say it on the microphone every time I'm here, I'm like, this is, this feels like my home away from home. This Ooh, feels like, yes. you know, I, you just, it's like a warm hug when you walk inside that building, mostly because it's hot and cold. <laughs> <laughs> and the humidity will hit you in the face. But, but it's also just, there's so much love there. Really and, is. you know, I, I only talk about Roscoe's because that's really the only place I, I work mm -hmm. here. Um, but I've spent time in the other bars. Like I was a continental girl before yes. I was on Drag Race. Like six years in a row. Oh, That's why when people now are like, oh, are you sad you didn't win? No, bitch. No. I, <laughs> I got first or second runner up to that six years in a row. I'm a professional loser. Doing good. <laughs> exactly. Doing like, good. I, but I will say that that really did teach me 
all about drag. It was like boot camp for drag. You know, if you're on time, you're 15 minutes late. late. Mm -hmm. um, if you if your number gets them up on their feet at two minutes and 10 seconds, well, you should refigure it because you need to get them up at two. Like, <laughs> like it really does teach you a lot about drag. Um, so, of course, I spent a lot of time going to the shows at the Baton. Uh, uh, and then that closed and then reopened yeah. into a different place. And then I went to Charlie's. Mm -hmm. And my story about Charlie's is... Under the boots. I walked in and there was somebody in a bathtub. This isn't my Charlie's. This isn't my Charlie's. No. <laughs> Maybe Phoenix or Denver. Ours doesn't have a bathtub. Maybe they... No, 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 no. They were like wheeled out a bathtub. Oh, for the number. For a number. Okay. Yeah, I'm yeah, like, yeah. Wait, where? Somebody wheeled out a bathtub and they're like doing this number inside. I thought it was cool. They had like the, the little plastic curtain closed and they were dancing behind it and all that kind of stuff. And then they whisked it away. It was, it was great. Yes. No, I loved it. I, yes. lo I love drag when you can tell a story and it doesn't matter really what the story is mm -hmm. as long as you're telling it. Mm -hmm. Beginning, middle, end. Mm -hmm. we, just, we just need that in there. Yeah. So I've never had the luxury of competing in any pageants. But um, the rigorous <laughs> uh, drilling of uh, drag, I guess, rules, mm -hmm. so on, so from the South really taught me how to like, yeah, be professional and put my like best foot forward when I moved up here. And I think people saw, hey, there's a hard worker and they're on their fucking game. So mm -hmm. they're like, let's let's bring them in. Well, and you know the the biggest um, the biggest unspoken rule of drag, if you want to be successful, and this is for everybody out there who may be a local queen and they're just starting up and they want to be successful, the key to it is being nice and being professional. It really is. Because, uh, again, you could, you could not be the best dancer. You may not have the best wigs, makeup, costumes. But if you're nice and people enjoy being around you, you'll get booked a lot more than little sassy Sally over here who was 10 minutes late and is a cunt backstage. Exactly. <laughs> well, that's the thing. And I have seen a lot of, and this goes for drag race and non-drag race, like just drag in general. I have seen a lot of girls who are the epitome of beauty. Excellence. Yep. Just gorgeous, fantastic entertainers, but they don't treat people kindly. And it, mm -mm, no one wants that. No one wants to be No, around. because drag, we're, we're cheerleaders for the gay community. Yee! That's what we are. <laughs> you gotta We're supposed it. to liven up the party and make people feel good. Mm -hmm. And when you're not giving off that energy, it really does, you know, it works against you. People remember that and it works against you. Mm -hmm. Everybody remembers how you made them feel. Yes. They may not remember what you said, but they will remember how they felt in that moment. Mm -hmm. There you go. So talk to me a little bit about the Chicago drag scene. Oh, I would say it is so diverse, eclectic. Um, there's a little bit of something for everybody. If there's a style of drag that you're curious about, it's probably here in Chicago. If there's a style <laughs> of drag you haven't seen, it's probably here in Chicago. But um, on top of that, I like that our drag community and scene here works, again, is they're all collaborators. We like we all like to have backup dancers. We all we utilize our wig costume designers very heavily here. Um, we also work really well with our burlesque performers. We put on so many good shows that are just not just uh, drag um, variety shows, if you will. And I love that. And I I will attest to that. Mm -hmm. I mean, nobody puts on a show like Chicago. Maybe. Oh no, there's a theme. There are dancers. There are costumes. Mm -hmm. There are special effects. <laughs> 
<laughs> it is everything. And and I being a I got into drag through theater. Okay. So it's like the theatrical element of it that really draws me to it. Yeah. And it's it's always exciting here. I am envious of uh, drag entertainers who have a theater background. I, for some reason, I feel like you have such a leg up when it comes to just acting and then singing. Mary, my leg they- is three inches long. It <laughs> That's as high up. up as it goes. <laughs> I'm kicking over my head right now. Can't you see? <laughs> but no, I am envious and I love a theater queen or queen with a theater background. That is just, it speaks to me. I have none of it, but I'm just like, I love everything that you bring to me. And I find that hard to believe. See, I, I, my parents, how they did not know I was gay going growing up. They like literally found out when I was like 18, 19. They were just like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I always watched all the musicals growing up. I like, I had such an affinity for like singing in movies and they just never picked up on it. So as soon as I graduated, took a year off, saved up money, went to college, did show choir for three years and baby, she's a drag queen. We've been having a fabulous conversation. It's been real great. I'm really enjoying it. I am really enjoying it too. And what's really nice about this one is, you know, my first two episodes, they were with girls that I've worked with in the past. So mm-hmm. I had like a pre-existing relationship and knowledge of those girls. Um, but I feel like I'm really getting to know you Aww. right here on camera for the world <laughs> to see. So before the break, we were talking a little bit about your love of musical theater and how your parents didn't know you were gay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So <laughs> <laughs> what was that coming out like? Um, it was actually, I, I'm very fortunate to have supportive parents in my coming out experience. Um, when I did, when they started catching the signs around 18 or 19, um, I moved out, decided to take on life on my own and I've done very well. Um, I've not moved back in where other siblings have, so I hold that. <laughs> Isn't that the best yeah. feeling? Yes. Me too. I'm the one who stayed out and kept going. I was like, Bitch, yeah. I moved out at 14, and now Never my mom, I, I do live with my mother, but she lives with me in my house. There we go. I yeah, that. I'm like, that, that's fine. <laughs> um, so yeah, the experience was great coming out. Uh, it was kind of like, okay, well, we knew. We were just waiting on you. I was like, well, thank you for giving me my time to figure this out. And um, yeah, it's just... I've been a, what's the word I'm looking for? Thankful, not thankful. I had a great experience coming out. Um, yeah. I've heard, I've heard Bless. the ones, there we go. Bless is the word I'm looking for. I'm thankful for my parents being so supportive of everything that I was going through. So My mother was very much that way. I mean, she knew mm-hmm. because she would always tell everybody in the family when they would question me. <laughs> like, yeah. like uh, I thought he was playing Seymour a little shop of horrors. <laughs> he was over here wearing Audrey's wig. <laughs> And my mom would just go, he's artistic, mm-hmm. which I learned as I got older is just Southern slang for, for homosexual. <laughs> yeah. But when I actually did come out to my mother, she had that moment where she was like, no, this is a phase. Mm. It'll pass. And then she came back to me later, like a, a little while later, like months later and goes, all right. And I know it's not a phase, mm-hmm. but I didn't want to encourage you only because I don't want you to get hurt. Yeah. She was like, I think what you are is great. And I really support that, which was big coming from, you know, my family was very Southern Baptist, Mm -hmm. very small town. And um, it was, it was, her heart was in the right place, but her actions were not. And then she was like wise enough to realize that and change it, which I thought was great. But my father wasn't accepted did not like it was nope nope you have those wide shoulders you're playing football <laughs> you're gonna be butch if it kills me get out there 
<laughs> and because of that, because he was so embarrassed by me every time I would open my mouth or swish down the hallway, you know, he, I didn't speak to him for 15 years. Oh, wow. I mean, it was a very long time, but Drag Race kind of forced us back together. And I don't think we'll ever be friends, but we are friendly. We have an understanding. You, there's an understanding and, and we're learning about each other. And this is just a lesson for everybody out there. Don't say that people cannot change. Because they can. Because I have learned from this man, this former military Southern Baptist man who I thought would forever be stuck in his ways. Mm -hmm. He has changed. Time heals all. It may not be one week. It may not be one day, but time will help. Mm -hmm. Enough of that therapy session. Oh, <laughs> we needed it. You can contact our sponsor if you have any of those uh, <laughs> questions, comments, concerns, feelings, and talk to them about that. But for now, I want to talk to you. So, yeah. so you came out to your parents. You moved yeah. out on your own. Mm -hmm. Very successful. Mm -hmm. um, and then was drag like an immediate thing for you? Or was it something that you like eased your way into? Um, so if you want to be completely honest, I knew when I was in show choir or going into college and coming into my um, queerness that I knew there was like a level of gay, a <laughs> level of gay, like <laughs> it's like coming out. Uh, tween, drag queen, I don't know. But um, <laughs> I just, when I was coming out, I was like, there's something I I wanted to be more gay. I don't, I don't, I just, maybe I wanted to live more authentically in my queerness. That's yeah. what, that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. And um, I knew I was meant for something more. I don't know what it was at the time. And I was just like, I'm going to do something bigger than what this is. And then uh, Drag Race happened of 2008, nine? Or, nine. Or, or, nine, yeah. I graduated that year. And um, I watched the first season with Tyra, or not with Tyra, with BB Hustle Zaharbanay and Nina Flowers on Logo. Um, I would sneak and watch Logo. <laughs> I was I was living with some roommates. One of them knew I was gay, some other ones did it. So I was just like, all right, I'll watch this at night. But um, it was actually probably season three, Raja in Manila, which was also, we worked with her tonight. So it was, it was really, it, it felt very full circle for me tonight. <laughs> Um, those two like really inspired me to get into drag. I, when I saw that whole season, I was just like, I can do this. I don't know how, but I'm going to do it. Two years later, did my first amateur competition and baby, the rest is history. <laughs> Look at you now. <laughs> so yeah. All right. So you, you went over to Charlie's mm -hmm. like your first weekend here. First weekend here. Jumped into the open stage competition. Won it. Smoked Won it. Mm -hmm. What was your performance? Um, I did Purse First by Bob the Drag Queen. And I <laughs> I did um I did it like very Russian doll style. I had a purse inside of a purse inside of a purse inside of a purse. Telling a story. <laughs> and then on the very last part where he talks about like quacking and duck walk, I pulled a rubber duck out and just start <laughs> duck walking with the duck. <laughs> so that was my introduction into Chicago. And yeah, it's really And would you say big. that that number really kind of encompasses your vibe with drag? Like you want to you want to be funny. You want to tell a story. You want to think outside the box. Yeah, for caramel, when you see me, you're definitely going to get um, precision. There's going to be a giggle. It's going to be. It's going to make you feel good. Your serotonin levels are going to go up. You're going to dance with me. Like humor, good number, and just that infectious, captivating. That's my power in the drag. I'm so captivating. I know that is my power. I can pull you in. Me and too. make you watch it. Yes. That's what it is. <laughs> and well, I mean, people they never consider me to be a lip sync assassin, oh. but I've I've won every single you lip sync. Assassinated. 
All of them. <laughs> All of them. But a, a lot of people don't understand that with drag, and these, again, they're the fans of Drag Race, not necessarily the fans of drag, mm-hmm. because they haven't ventured beyond the show yet. Okay. They don't realize that drag is a lot more than... Uh, death drops and spins Splits, and kicks yes. and all that which are so good if you put them in like the right space but it's all about being captivating and telling mm-hmm. a story and kind of locking eyes with the audience and and making them all feel you and that feel your presence um and i i think that that's something that you do very well i was watching tonight uh and i think a lot of the most successful queens drag race or local or anything in between they are the ones who are able to have that connection. Mm-hmm. When I say watching the performers here in this city, it's just like, you, I'm inspired by my peers. I am so heavily inspired by my peers. I love seeing hardworking people just put on amazing drag, put on amazing numbers and be humble, be uh, be kind about it. Like mm-hmm. seeing all these people come together and put this amazing art out there, that's what keeps me going. And also seeing how our patrons or customers respond to it and that they want to come back and see us or they want to travel with us and see it i'm just like baby we're doing our job yeah it's really good oh absolutely 100 <laughs> percent. i love who is the first drag queen you ever saw bianca del rio at play nashville really yep she was on her season i remember it was her jaden dior fierce aurora sexton because jaden dior fierce was on housecast at play nashville <laughs> she was she was <laughs> And I know that because uh, season seven, I when I went to play Nashville, I got her dressing station because she was out of town Yay. doing a booking in Orlando. Hey. So we literally just swapped <laughs> makeup stations for the weekend. I live. Um, but yeah, that was my first time seeing um, a drag queen. And I was already watching the show clearly at that time. Um, and yeah, just seeing people you admire in a position that you want to eventually be in or are just elevated to like it's just mm-hmm. like i'm gonna work towards that and i'm going to do it gracefully and show all of you that i can do it with a smile and a beard <laughs> and you are every day getting there getting there thank you so Dave. we've talked about how great your your purse first performance was your award-winning purse first <laughs> performance i want to talk about your first drag performance ever <laughs> Oh my God, I was, okay. So it was the amateur competition in uh, Gulfport, Mississippi. Mm-hmm. There was five of us. I ended up beating one of my very established sisters from Mobile, Alabama. She should have beat me. She should have beat me, but I brought all my friends out. You know how the amateur competition <laughs> Oh <go>. yeah. <laughs> um, but they gave us, they assigned us songs and then you had to perform a, your winning song of your choice. Mm-hmm. So the, the first song I ever had to do in drag was Kim Zolciak's Tardy for the Party. <laughs> I Don't mean, be tardy <laughs> for the party. <laughs> I was not a Housewives fan either. I was like, what is this? Someone help me. I've and, never seen baby. Uh, an episode of Housewives. <laughs> I've seen a few seasons, but... I've uh, seen like the, the viral clips here and yeah. there. I've never seen an episode, but I remember that song because that song was went viral. <laughs> I was just like, why did I get this? All the other songs were like Cold Hearted Snake, Christina Aguilera. There was some Britney and Whitney. And I was like, I get the Housewives song. But I guarantee <laughs> you at that moment in time, that song started and every oh, person in that bar was like, that's tardy for the party. <laughs> they did. I was like, I don't know this. Thank you. Thank you. Just give me a rest. <laughs> and that was a good time. And then my winning performance, which... For me, would be my first time like on stage was a uh, showstopper by Danity King. 
Oh, wow. Yes, I lived for like the early 2000s, R&B, like hip hop, dancey vibe. Like that was my gig. And yeah, I have uh, three Danny Kane CDs. So <laughs> it was only rightfully so. I Those were the to. three that sold. Yes. <laughs> 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 so um, I w- that was pre-beard, yes? Yes, 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 yes. pre-beard. The pre-beard. beard came in mm-hmm. how, how much later? Two years? Year and a half, two years. Year and a half, two years. Mm-hmm. So what was your first bearded performance? And what like what what was it like getting ready to hit the stage with a beard for the first time? I knew I was about to either make no money <laughs> or they were gonna go up. I ended up making no money <laughs> that performance. It is okay. We live, we learn, but um I did it as a SpongeBob, as a as the Krusty Krab fry cook. I did before he cheats. It's in my mind, I'm like, where was I going with this? I didn't even have a Patrick or a Gary, but <laughs> I did Before He Cheats by Carrie Underwood as SpongeBob in his fry outfit with a beard. And the, everyone was just like, I don't get it, but I guess. Yeah, <laughs> Why not? Yeah, Caramel. <laughs> and so it was like three months of adjusting, getting feedback from everyone, wanted or unwanted. And then, um, yeah, they were like, you should do Prince. And then once I did that, they were like, okay. You got it. We got, got it. it. We're good. <laughs> we click in. We get it now. And really, that's, I mean, all drag is trial and error really when is. you first start. Mm-hmm. And my favorite drag shows, I love, love amateur drag shows, like first time out of the gate, because even when the look's not there, you can tell, like, they are so nervous. You can see the nerves. There's so much energy. You see the energy go and you're like And you I, see I, how much they want it. Yes, the the drive and the like they're they're what is the they're uh they just They're yeah, hungry. They're hungry. That's the word. They want it so bad, baby. And I'm just like, yes, I see what you're going for. Maybe uh, I want to help, but I don't know if I have the time right now. <laughs> but here's my five. Take my money. You exactly. Use this and buy a bigger <laughs> pair of lashes to stack on top of those. No, even when the drag itself is not polished, mm-hmm. um, the newer girls, I feel they just, they want that moment so bad. Yes, they do. They, they have a lot of power and they don't know yet how to use how to, it. Yep. But once they harness, and that's the really exciting thing, you know, I never wanted to be a drag mother, but after 10 years, because I was like, you know, nowadays these girls run out there and they've been doing drag for two weeks Mm -hmm. and they're like, oh, I've got seven drag kids and 24 like drag grandbabies and all that. Like, who are you raising? I'm I'm called DHS. Right. (laughs) I didn't feel like I knew enough to be of help to anybody else. That's fair. So I said, I will not have any drag kids until I am at least 10 years old, you know? (laughs) So once I hit 10, I start, and I really, to be my drag baby, and there's a lot of people that have asked, which I think is very flattering, but I have, like, a couple of rules. Like, you have to be Mm self-sufficient. You cannot rely on me to do anything for you. I'm there for guidance and help, Uh not to do it all. And you have to have bigger aspirations than either being on a local show cast or being on drag race. There's more to it. There's more to it. And those two things, they're big goals and maybe you'll hit them and maybe you won't, but it's about everything in between that you do that I think really establishes you as a performer. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. So those are my rules. Oh, and don't ever come to me and ask me for my wigs. (laughs) 
but it's so good. It's a double, triple sky. <laughs> I need it. But the problem with that is I have loaned them to girls before and they come back like nah. a straight flat mess. <laughs> and I can't do that. I can't wear anything like that. I don't have a neck. It doesn't support like, it. This was a suicide swirl. Now <laughs> it's like, what is going on? Exactly. Now it looks like he got caught up in the Roomba. Um, so, um, one of my drag kids is actually Tora Hyman, who ah! won the second season of, of Camp One and yes, Kiki. Yes. I saw y'all two years ago when y'all came for the Christmas special. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That was so much fun. We got to go on tour right after she won, and we had a really good time together. But I actually knew her from before either of us did drag. Okay. I was her manager at the Lion King on Broadway yes! in the merchandising department. Yes! So when she moved down to Orlando, I was like, girl, I, I need a, a Sue Sylvester for my clean night. Let me push up and drag real quick. <laughs> and then that little bitch, she really took she to it like water. She said, mm, I'm good. And I'm what saying. I really appreciate about her is that she has never tried to emulate me. Yeah. If that makes any sense. No, like, I don't get that at all. <laughs> no, I mean, no, I agree with you. I don't, yeah, I don't yeah. see her trying to emulate She has, she wants definitely the types of success that I've had, mm-hmm. but she's gone about it her own way. And like Camp Wanakiki, she swept. It she, was so good. She did such a good job. So good. I mean, I did help. I was a good mother. I yes. helped. Yes. <laughs> but, but I remember her, um, her mushroom outfit mm-hmm. that she wore the first time she won. Um, Raja, Gemini, Gemini okay. and myself were drunk off our asses in San Francisco, <laughs> and we were sketching this shit on a napkin and taking pictures on our phone and sending it to her. Where this? Exactly. <laughs> well, and I was like, just go and make this your own, but this is the idea. And that's what I love about her is I'm able to say, this would be a good direction, and she'll take the direction. And, and apply it to how what tour does best. Do yes. you have a drag mother? I don't. I, me and my uh, former drag sisters in back home in Mississippi, we started at the same time without any like guidance. So we called ourselves the orphan house. (laughs) (laughs) And then, yeah, we all like helped each other with what we needed and what means we had. And then once we all just came into our owns and uh, developed what each of our signature styles were, we're like, all right, time to leave the nest girls. Yeah. Time to leave the nest. So um, yeah, no, unfortunately no drag mother, but again, I'm very inspired by my peers. So I always ask and look and pay close attention. I'm very observant. Yeah. So yeah, I'm always like, Okay, I see what you did there. Let me, mm-hmm. How long have you been doing drag? Um, too long, honestly. I need to stop. I, no, I need to stop. <laughs> I need to stop. stop. Now I know you, and we're, I'm a fan no. and a friend. I don't want to stop anytime soon. When the knees say, "Hey, sit down," that's when I'm going to stop. But um, oh god, I would have stopped ten years ago. <laughs> I've been doing drag now um, successfully. I would say for May 31st was my seven year anniversary. Oh, seven so, yeah. years. That's that's a good chunk of time. Seven years. Yeah. It's a lot of time dedicated to a specific craft, but um, yep. through, again, through the experience, the great experience that I've had and the not so great ones, I've learned a lot. I've learned a lot about myself, about my performance uh, style. I've learned a lot about like my drag and how it's received and, I like to know my audiences wherever I go. And I feel like that's genuinely helped me stay in the game as long Mm -hmm. as I have. So I'm hoping for the longevity. (laughs) I'm sure you have it. I absolutely am sure. I want to know from you, what is your, your definition of local queen? Definition of local queen. All right. To keep it local. So a local queen is someone who is, is the word, or, not privy, but um, they are not stationary either. 
someone who is known in a community or area of performance spaces that um, does things for the community, helps uplift, um, is just a face in the community that ensures everyone is on their A game, doing what they need to, looking out for each other. And um, yeah, just a good role model in general. Yeah. So does that does sound right? Did I get the A plus? Is yeah. A minus? Well, there, the good thing <laughs> is there are no wrong answers. Okay. So that's good. And I've gotten, this is my third episode. I've gotten three very different answers, but I think the heart of the answer is always the same. It's somebody who is established in their community, who has a relationship with the community at large. Yes. And then works towards making that community better. Better. There we it, go. It's a very, it's a reciprocal relationship. And it's a very healthy relationship. Um, I've always said, I, when I'm in Orlando, I'm still a local queen. Yes. I'm still rolling up to, to Hamburger Mary's with my suitcase and a baseball cap <laughs> <laughs> for 50 bucks and a free hamburger. Like, No, I feel, I mean, I don't consider myself more than a local queen either but the people back in mississippi they're like you're doing so well we're so proud you're getting so big i was like thank you like i'm no i'm just working more this is i said i wanted to move out and do more drag and that's all i'm doing i'm still local like to these people up here i'm just a local queen and to y'all i i moved out of the small town and i'm now a big star i'm not a big star y'all i just i just <laughs> i just moved my workplace that's all but it means a lot that y'all my about. definition of local queen would be somebody who is a mega star you know, I, I think that local queens get a bad rep sometimes from the drag race fandom okay. that, that are like, oh, well, I mean, yeah, you're great and you're pretty and you're fantastic, but I saw her on TV. <laughs> and, and that's not fair because, honestly, the local girls, I think it's such an, an honorable title to have. That's mm -hmm. why I still call myself a local queen because the local queens are the ones who ensure that the love of drag, the love of community, that's all there in that town. Mm -hmm. They hold, they literally hold the fort down. So girls that have been on Drag Race or Dragular Camp Wanakiki or won the pageants so they can come, come through in, and have a good experience. Respected, yep, 100%. But the local girls, you know, they're the ones that are fighting the fights. They're raising the money. They are making sure that their community is taken care of and safe and happy at all times. Yes. And I think it's such an honor and a privilege to be a local queen. You know, when you say it like that, it, it really is a, an honor and a privilege. And it seems like work. At t it seems it seems like more work than what it really is, but no, it's not. It's it's what I wanted to do, and I feel like it's it's what a lot of the people in drag or in a drag community want to do. So yeah, just keep doing it. You are and you are doing it. <laughs> I am such a fan now. You're doing it, Jane. You're just doing it, girl. <laughs> um. So before we wrap this up, I know I'm running a little bit late, but no, I love this conversation. Good. I wanted to ask you a couple of questions. I like questions. Okay. <clears throat> Fire away. First. What is the worst performance you've ever given? Oh my gosh. Okay. Oh, answer that first before yeah. we go on. My worst performance that I ever given. Oh my God. <laughs> I, I'm like, I really try to forget them and or delete them. Let's see the worst performance. I've ever oh my God. Okay. So the first time my dad got to see me in drag, I did, it was a, it was a divas variety impersonation show put on by a theater uh, group in my old hometown, which- So you are a theater queen. Ah, mm -hmm. I dabble. I oh, dabble. you did the show at the theater and you were in show choir. <laughs> you definitely count as a, as a theater gay. Um, so yeah, that was my dad's first time seeing me in drag. They wanted to do like divas impersonations. And I was I was just nailing my prince down. They were like, you're gonna do prince. You need one more because all the queens are doing two. I was like, there's not a, another bearded like entertainer that I can think of. And they were like, 
how about you shave and do Madonna? I was like, because first, <laughs> there's a lot wrong with that, a lot to unpack. <laughs> well, I, being naive and probably not socially aware of everything, I decided to shave. I did Prince Without a Beard, my mustache. I drew on a mustache, and then I wiped it off and did Madonna. I just put on... You could have been like Akira. She has this, these little fuzzy hairs. She, oh, yes! She cuts them out of wigs. I wish I would have known that. that and she makes them look so flawless. <laughs> I'm gonna say there's probably a nice filter on that camera. Good choices. No, I mean they look fine, but there's times where girl she was sweating, and by the end of the day, she looked like a Billy Goat. <laughs> Dangling. This is not about her. So that was probably my worst performance because um, I missed my Madonna choreography. I left my Madonna shoes at or my partner left my shoes at home. So I just I felt very unprepared for my Madonna performance. Is this I, the same partner you have now mm-hmm, mm-hmm. who stood me up this evening? <laughs> I was promised that this adorable young thing yep. was going to be here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm so sorry. Me and CJ will be back later. I'll tell him to show up afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what's his name? Tyler. 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 Yes. yes. I met him. Well, I met him at the Christmas show two years ago. Yes, yes, yes. And, and then, then I met him tonight in the alley. Hey, which we, we met most of the people. Most of our um, familiar friends in the alley. Tonight. Yeah, well, you know, it's that alley behind Roscoe. Detox way. Detox way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She owns that. She pees in it. Prequel. Cool. Yeah, well, you know, if you can reach it, you might as well be. All right. Second question. What is the best performance you've ever given? Oh, my God. Goodness, I would probably say um, my, that was the first uh, like weekend competition. My first extended competition here in Chicago um, was Crash Landing, rest in peace. It's uh, used to be held at Berlin nightclub, which mm-hmm. is just opened back up. That's a great little establishment. I love that place. Um, I made it to the finals my first time there, which is something that most people, everyone was like, this doesn't happen. No one shows up and goes <laughs> straight to the finals. I was like, I didn't come to play. Um, I did Bad Romance with uh, one of my drag sisters now from Charlie's and the first winner or the most recent winner of the Roscoe's like a uh, drag race. Their name is Male Spice. They won right before I won the All-Stars competition. Um, they backed up dance for me and we did Bad Romance. And I feel like that's when everyone's like, pull up a chair. You're here. Pull up a chair. That was probably a really good moment that I will never forget. I have so many videos of that. And when people say the first time I saw Caramel, it was that it was that moment right so I love that. I, I got to judge right after season seven. I judged Roscoe's Drag Race, mm-hmm. um, their competition. It was the finals, and somebody came out and did the Grinch in full <laughs> drag, yes! full prosthetic. It turned it for me. It was, <laughs> I the first that. time I saw a Grinch number was Aurora Sexton. She did the whole prosthetic. She's so that good. Was so fierce. So she's fierce. so good. And the part that makes me hate her. Mm-hmm. Is that she's also one of the nicest people? Oh, baby, yes, yes. So it's like you can't be pretty and, and nice and talented. I know, get out. Bitch. Get out. <laughs> Room for all drag except hers. Okay. So, what was your worst performance, Ginger? If I can throw that back. Oh, at you. flipping the tables. <laughs> my my worst performance. They've all been so <laughs> mediocre. <laughs> gonna say good uh no um i would say there was a time i also got asked to do it must be his thing with with um celebrity impersonation shows Mm -hmm. because i was asked to do it as adele okay this is before drag race i don't really do celebrity impersonations my house Uh, my (laughs) ass 
Um, so I did Adele, and it was at the Ritz Carlton in yes. Orlando. So it was like we sh- we rolled up in these this Rolls Royce, like this old vintage. Way. Got out. Of- it was like a red carpet experience. It was gorgeous. It was so wonderful. Um, so it wasn't really the performance, but I opened it up and I went to take a step on the red carpet, feeling my fantasy, and just fell right <gasps> on my freaking face. <laughs> And I literally, I scraped my knees so bad. I wear one pair of tights, girl, because I couldn't Maybe. afford anymore. That my legs started to bleed. So, you, you know, those tights, they really soak up the blood. So by the time I went out there, I just had these dried up nasty blood stains on my tights, just running down the front. I, it looked like Adele um, was having a heavy flow day. Oh, my God. But I didn't let it stop me. <laughs> I show must go on. I still stood there and waved my hands like this, you know. Turn your tables. <laughs> um, and then I think you didn't ask, but I'm going to say I think my best performance of all time would probably be "I Am What I Am" on the Trailblazers. Mm-hmm. It's the one people really connect yes. with. Yes. Um, and I think that that was because it was one of the the first times I really allowed myself just to be open on TV. You that know what I mean? Good. Like in in a in a, a, a setting, in a bar, in a club, in a theater, anything like that, it's easy to have a connection with the audience mm-hmm. because you you just you're there together. You're sharing an experience. But when you're on film, it's different because there's nobody there. Mm-hmm. It is it's just this big intrusive camera and you're not supposed you're supposed to act like it doesn't exist. And it, it really makes you kind of not shut down, but um, it doesn't allow you to really open your heart up. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I would say Ginger, though. However, whenever I see you perform, bitch, you are in you are in the pocket of that number. Every time <laughs> I've seen you, you know all the nuances, and you are. It's just the level of emoting that you do and storytelling with just your face is. Uh, well, we're supposed to be done, but I would like to go for another <laughs> hour like, go now. On, go on. <laughs> Keep going. Keep going. Uh, we won't edit this out. We'll just edit down to this. Um, okay. So two more questions and then we're, we're going to be done. Let's get it. My next question. Who is your favorite local queen? Favorite local queen? And it can be from here. It can be from Mississippi. It can be wherever. Favorite local queen here in Chicago? I I can't pick one, Ginger. I then I, give me a couple. Okay, I'll shout them say, out. Um, I just want to know who you watch that inspires you to do better in your community. Miss Toto, that that diva <gasps> is a bodybuilding drag activist. The uh-huh. level of commitment they put into their activism is aspiring, inspiring. Is what I aspire to be because it is so inspiring. Mm-hmm. Mama knows how to get things done. When it comes to someone that I look to who is just a sickening performer in this city, Alexandria Diamond. She's one of our house queens at Charlie's. She is so next level when it comes to like just execution of her performances and just being just an overall great drag queen. Like, and then when it comes to concepts, humor, and comedy, I would say probably Maureen San Diego. She are you familiar with it? I am not. They are the premier female impersonator. <laughs> they are an AFAB queen here and a uh, performer here I in told Chicago. You, they're yes. so good. <laughs> yes. They are so amazing. And um, yeah, they they do like parodies of songs. They uh, write their own lyrics to them and just literally parody every song you could think of on the pop charts. And they have a special coming out September 25th. It's called um, Problematica. They're doing <laughs> a spoof show of Chromatica by Lady Gaga. I so love like, that. 
Well, you movie. have better chance of your your concert tickets being honored for that <laughs> than you do for Chromatica. <laughs> so yeah, it's just all the different styles and like activism things that the entertainers do in this city that I'm so inspired by, and that continues to push me to like go to the next level or do the next thing that someone maybe hasn't thought of or mm-hmm. bring up the issue that someone hasn't thought of just to bring it to the forefront. So, And I have learned, um, having traveled around and been doing this for 16 years now, I've learned that now everything that was history when I, like it was just common knowledge that was shared from queen to queen passed down when I first started drag, mm-hmm. a lot of our history has started to fade away Yes, because it's been, it's being replaced by, our current history with with drag race and 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 all the tv and movies and everything that is pushing drag to mainstream but a lot of the girls don't know who like divine was don't know too long or, food or, don't, Wong yeah, Fu like, or mm-hmm. priscilla or anything yes, like priscilla. that or even that documentary pageant yes just so fantastic like all of these things are so good and, and so necessary very nice. you know so i have found that now I'm starting to go back to those old things and you do it. And they're like, girl, that was sickening. Did you just think of that? No, this this, this has been around for 50 years, (laughs) but it inspires. That's why I did Phyllis Diller Mm -hmm. on the snatch game this year, because I knew nobody was going to know who she was. I've heard of Phyllis Diller my whole life. Who she actually was, no idea until I... She was such an inspiration Mm -hmm. to me because she was the first successful female comic, first female um, celebrity comic and she started after she was married raised her kids everything she started when she was like in her 40s oh in the retirement phase what america would consider the retirement yeah phase. and then did it up until her her late 80s and and she just she literally she was like my husband told me that i couldn't do anything until i raised my family so i raised my family dumped him and then got a career <laughs> you better <laughs> and she was not she also really spoke to me because she was never like what people would consider to be attractive mm-hmm. She was always a little toad-like, Got it. Um, but she was so glamorous mm-hmm. that I felt I felt like she was beautiful. Um, so I really wanted to do that, and then thankfully I did because then all of these other kids are like, I had no idea who she was, and then I started looking her up, and girl, now I'm down this like five day YouTube <laughs> rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah, just watching all this shit. Okay, now my last question: What do you mean? What advice would you give? to anybody out there who considers themselves to be a local queen or who is looking to become a local queen? Stop immediately. Ah! (laughs) Do not pass go. (laughs) (laughs) It's a trap. Um, No, I was going to say be prepared to invest time, effort, blood, sweat, tears, maybe a little coin into the craft, Um, but don't compare your successes to the successes of your peers around you. Your time will come. Um, there's going to be a moment for you, whether you feel it or not. But um, don't measure where you're at based on what everyone else is doing around you because you are special and you're doing this because you felt drawn to this for some reason. And that reason is going to reveal itself sooner, hopefully, than later. That is a very good answer. <laughs> it's a great answer. It's a pageant answer. No. <laughs> and I contested number 12. Yeah, well, girl, you want question and answer. <laughs> um, and I just to piggyback off of that, I think, you know, a lot of people have, have asked me, like, oh, you imagine you didn't win, you imagine you didn't win. No, because I have always lived my life 
by no regrets because everything happens for a reason. It does. And wherever you are now is the path you are supposed to be on to lead you to the bigger and better things that are for you. Mm -hmm. Because what is for you is only for you mm -hmm. and nobody else can take that away. Oh, I love it. Mm -hmm. Except for you. So don't block your blessings. <laughs> don't get truth. in your own way. Uh, where can all of our listeners find you? So uh, you can find me on all financial platforms at KM DeVille. That's K-M-D-V-I-L-L-E. And you can find me on Facebook at Caramel DeVille. That's Kara with a K. And Instagram and Twitter also at K-M-D-V-I-L-L-E. Wonderful. And of course, as always, you can find me in the corner somewhere <laughs> begging for spare change um, go to gingerminchonline.com and it has all my social media right there that's gingerminchonline don't go to gingerminch.com because it's porn it is also me but that is that's we don't talk about that in front of company i love you all so much i love you i am Ginger. so grateful you came to do this with thank me thank you again it's an honor and a pleasure so uh, the honor and privilege and pleasure is all mine yes, and i am going to be a fan forever mm. so i can't wait to see you all next week on another fabulous episode of local queen because remember local queens are our hometown sheroes Mwah. 